0: Over the last three weeks, ICV's new crime drama, Broadchurch, has gripped viewers of over 7 million, as we all learn more about who's responsible for the death of young Danny Latimer. In this special episode, Luke chats to writer Chris Chibnall about the show's success, working again with David Tennant, and what we can expect from the rest of the series.
1: It's the Custard TV podcast, and I'm joined today by the writer of ITV's brilliant new crime drama, Broadchurch. Chris Chibnall, thank you very much for agreeing to this. My pleasure. You know the killer of Broadchurch, and I don't, and it's killing me. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> who says I know? Who says I know? <laughs> it might be a secret to me as well.
1: I didn't realise you write them as we see them. Yeah, that's it. It's all um, yeah. it's
0: live performance, and um, yeah, yeah. yeah who knows? And I'm noticing you're using the. Uh, Word killer in the singular, there, Luke. So that's very interesting.
1: Ooh, intriguing. <laughs> Somebody tweeted this that they got their eye on the guys from the cruise ship sponsors before. Yeah, before the yeah. Show. I keep
0: wondering whether they're um whether they're they're uh, uh, happy with their sponsorship. We're we're doing very well for them, but there's a there's a lot of there's <laughs> a lot of, love lot of stuff a on burning boats.
1: boat. <laughs> I love the burning boat, and then into the cruise ship. That was brilliant. <laughs> so, firstly. An eight part. When we when I first heard about Broadchurch, apart from the amazing cast, the first thing that struck me was it was an eight parter. Yeah. Because that's quite uh, rare uh, nowadays. Eight parts for for a drama. Was it important to you that you had those eight parts to tell the story?
0: Yes, I think it was very integral to the to the concept really. And and when we went to ITV because I wrote episode one for myself so i didn't i didn 't write it for any company or broadcaster it wasn 't in development i just I, I wrote it for myself uh, because it was something i 'd been wanting to do for a long time and i 'd just done a job that I was a bit fed up about and i thought oh, i 'm going to just do something for myself and um uh, then I went to ITV with it, and and it were, we we actually asked for ten episodes originally, and and they looked at us as if we were mad because we were, um, and said, well, you know, we could give you eight, which was phenomenal in itself. So uh, that was very exciting. I mean, equally, I think, yeah, it, it had to have a scale of storytelling and of character depiction that that took place over over a long time that was really really key to it because it just enables you to it had to be a big ensemble piece that was the purpose of writing it for me um and so therefore you need that amount of screen time to really go into those characters and to achieve hopefully a balance between um character and storytelling
1: Because what do you think it is about crime drama? Because I'm always excited about crime drama, and there's so much of it on, and Mm. you'd think we'd seen it all. Do you think that every television writer has got a crime drama in them? Because you said you've been wanting to do this for a long time. Yeah, Um,
0: I I think... I mean, it's quite a wide genre, to start off with, as an answer. You know, when you talk about crime genre, genre, you are talking about everything from... Um, you know, Twin Twin Peaks to Law and Order and Cagney and Lacey and Starsky and Hutch. You know, it really, it's a big genre, um, and and there's lots of um, calibrations you make within that genre to to make a piece. Um, and I think, I, I, so so everyone is different. You know, it's like ITV have got Scott and Bailey coming back. Um, uh, written by Sally Wainwright, and that's a really brilliant crime drama. But again, it's like completely different from any other show on and is really terrific and is doing some really fabulous and fresh things with it. Um, so I think, generally, the thing with crime drama or, or drama with a crime somewhere in it is you're seeing people at uh, extreme moments in their lives. You're uh, kind of asking what would it be like for me if this happened you know so you uh, and you're looking into people's souls you know people people are really you know when they either commit or invest, investigate a crime you're talking about people who are really looking into the the, the corners of humanity and morality and human behavior so it, it's really It's humanity in extremists, I think, is what makes crime drama so interesting. And then I also think... I remember I I did a couple of episodes of Life on Mars and I remember reading a review by Nancy Banksmith of maybe the first episode of that, Nancy Banksmith, The Brilliant Guardian Critic, just saying that crime drama can't help but reflect the time it's made in Mm. and we live in. And I think you you, you can get away with a lot in crime drama but and and in a sense in any genre piece genre allows you to to communicate and smuggle in a lot of themes and ideas uh that that maybe would seem a little more forced in other dramas you you can you, you really can smuggle things in
1: so when you're writing something like this are you aware that the ending has got to live up to so much expectation that the, the everything's been building as far as who's committed this crime and everyone's gonna be talking about it. How much pressure is is the end ah. to you or
0: something like <laughs> Well none until you said that, Luke. Well <laughs> you've got time to rewrite it, Pat. <laughs> it's too right <late> now. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows how many endings we have though. Who knows how many yeah, choices true. we have to make in the edit? Um, mm. uh, the the ending is is uh, what can I say? The ending is baked into the show throughout, so it, it's not. Like... So
1: you knew it. Before, you yeah. knew when you were yeah. when you came up with the idea. You yeah. knew how you were going to end this. Yeah,
0: it's slightly changed as I was writing the first episode, but it, it never changed um, since the moment um, since the moment we sort of took it to ITV. Before I took it to ITV, I knew I knew the ending and, and I, I knew what it was. And um, uh, it, it, it's that's that's it's part of part of the identity of the piece. Um, it 's
1: because rumor has it that the the cast did a sweepstake
0: yeah the cast didn't didn 't know at all we We absolutely we made a very clear decision very early on not to tell them and and I talked about it to them as everybody was cast and came on board uh very deliberately saying. I'm not going to tell you, and, and these are the reasons I'm not going to tell you. And and
1: what are the advantages to that? Telling, a, not giving the cast a uh, an uh, insight into where it's going. Well,
0: uh, I I think uh, they they play the scenes before them, and they're looking for the truth within the scenes. Uh, the, the the very clear thing that I I in terms of the writing of it, uh, I never wrote anything where the person or people responsible. Would not would be behaving any differently than they are in the scenes if if that makes sense obviously anybody in that community who's responsible for that death would have to be putting up some sort of facade at some point so it 's not like we have scenes where where they would not be putting up that facade so that was that was part of it um, and I think also. In terms of the community, that sense of suspicion is very important to, to Broadchurch because, it, you know, it, it, the engine of the piece is a who done it, but there's a difference between an engine. And a vehicle, you know, in, in, in a sense that, you know, the, the, it, it's more than that, I hope, you know, it's a, it's a drama, it's a tragedy, it's a, it, there's, there's lots of things going on within the piece, we're, we're a mix of genres, we're not just sort of a, we're not an, an Agatha Christie where the whole thing is just about the puzzle, it's not just about the puzzle, there's, there's an, hopefully an emotional heft to the piece which, um, which is, is perhaps a bit different to other sort of entries into the genre.
1: Because it's important, isn't it, that everyone knows everyone in that little community
0: yeah it's it's really central and it's really true and i I kind of you know it's interesting sort of getting getting glimpses of reviews from sort of you know metropolitan journalists who go, well actually, there's nowhere like that in the country. you don't walk down the street and say hello it's like I feel like saying you know have you ever have you never walked down the street with my wife because frankly you can't <laughs> get anywhere and uh, and and um it's true i jody Whitaker says said to me and has said on a number of occasions publicly it's like her where she lives her dad that's her dad walking down the street saying hello to everybody and it's um i think a lot of people live in those communities and you often don't see them reflected on television you often get a lot you get a lot of urban uh, city drama but you don't necessarily get the thing of people living in towns and small towns and market towns where you do know your neighbors and you do know each other's business and that's part of the Joy of it, and and but also, obviously, there is an, an another element to it as well, which is useful for drama.
1: Do you put any of yourself in any of this? Because obviously, it's a it's a completely fictional thing. But do you put any of yourself, or family members, or or anything into a piece like this, or do you look at it completely differently?
0: I think it's a very authored piece for me, um, and I think uh, as a as a writer, you're always putting yourself into things. But probably in the most strange and oblique ways. So, so yeah, I'm I'm there throughout the piece, uh, in in all sorts of ways. Really, I mean, I think you know, I'm a I'm a parent, so obviously that's my my worst nightmare is is right there, front and center. Um, uh, uh yeah, I'm there in Ellie. I'm probably <laughs> probably there in Hardy. Um, uh, 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 absolutely. You 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 you. What you're trying to bring is is yourself into all those characters, but also you're trying to write more than yourself. So, so yeah, it's a very personal project for me, but you do that whatever you... Do you know what I mean? I, you, you kind of do that... I do that if I look at, the, you know, the, the Power of Three, the Cube episode of Doctor Who, and I think, oh, there's lots of me in there too, you know? So you're always trying to smuggle yourself in somehow.
1: It's a funny thing, though, how we as viewers like to watch something that, as you say, is is our worst nightmare. So what were the difficulties in, in both filming and writing the scenes where you're talking about a very young boy's mm. brutal death? I mean, how do you struggle with that at all and how was it to film? Because I spoke to Olivia Colman at, um, at an awards do uh, last week who said she cried a lot more than the script allowed her to. But it, she was in tears a lot of the time. Yeah, the,
0: the script didn't say, she is not crying here. I didn't sort of go around with a stick and say, Olivia, stop it. <laughs> um uh, she did she's just a brilliant actress so she's and she is you know bursting with humanity and and so therefore when she's playing those scenes she's playing them absolutely truthfully and that's the fabulous thing uh, about her as a performer is she is just so honest and true and genuine and generous uh, and and she's a, she's a brilliant person and a brilliant performer so she was she was crying more because was the emotion that was coming through um i think in terms of in terms of writing it yeah you you're putting i think what is interesting about the piece for me is is to exercise with an o uh your your worst fears and to and to investigate them and go why are they your worst fears and and how would that be and 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 uh it's it's not a theoretical exercise you 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 know, you see that these things do happen, and and I think that that's sort of part of the part of the piece. Um, and and absolutely, you know, my wife said to me, "Why on earth would you want to be writing that?" And it's, it's it's to deal with those fears, and and fiction and drama should should deal with those questions. I mean, I think the question of Broadchurch is, you know, can can life go on when life hasn't gone on? You know, how do these people? How do these people manage to live their lives through that grief, through the worst thing you can imagine possible? Is it possible to still have a life, rebuild a life, or or is it not? I think that's really one of the central questions of of the show, and you'll see it a lot more in the coming week.
1: How do you view Hardy and Miller's relationship? Because there's a lot of comedic moments in there. Was that important to you that we had some comedy to break up the drama?
0: Yeah, really important that that Hoddy and Miller could could uh, have that comedy and clash and and just gave me a different flavour to play with. And I think as you as you watch the coming episodes, um, you know, there's some there's some really lovely stuff between David and Olivia, uh, and 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 also I think there was there was a point when I first saw the rushes of the. Um, the scene where ha- uh, Ellie asks Hardy to dinner was... was...
1: That was brilliant. Uh, You've oh, never that... actually weeded in a cup and thrown it over someone, have you? That a I have to ask. <laughs> No, I haven't.
0: Uh, I haven't, okay. haven't done it. You've inspired a whole it... generation. Haven't had it done to me yet um so uh no no i think it's i mean it's again it's the brilliant thing about olivia is you can give her this stuff and she can absolutely deliver it with force and venom and truth and humor um but i think um i think watching the rushes of that scene uh, they just brought out so much humor and and david the the awkwardness that he finds in in hardy's persona and this sort of inability to deal with people uh is is brilliant and it was the first time i just roared with laughter watching them do that scene and and, and actually uh, watching those rushes that day i thought I, d- I don't know how we're going to edit this scene because they are both so brilliant and i want to be on them both at the same time in the scene <laughs> and uh, you know it's sort of one of those points where i thought i wonder if we could do like a 24 type split screen right, when yeah, we're editing. When...
1: used to do it years ago yeah, didn't I, I, sure.
0: I just thought oh, i wonder if we could do that in this because because they're both wringing every last moment of of humor and character out of this scene and and so that was a really clear moment. I'd sort of seen it in the fish and chips scene in episode two, but it, that was the point where it really—they started to really fly with it. And I think they, they really—they work so well together, those two. Because I mean, brilliant actors do, and and but just the partnership between them is such a joy. And 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 I think they really started to enjoy it as well. So yeah, humour very important. Hard to find in this piece, but but very important uh, when you can
1: find it. And David Tennant, I mean, you almost, in a way, guaranteed a viewership, at least for episode one. People are desperate to see David in action. Were you happy when he was cast? Was he someone you had in mind? Do you not have people in mind when you're writing? How does that normally work?
0: Sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. I mean, the thing about David is, uh, having worked with him, this is the third time. Obviously, I did an episode of, of Doctor Who with him. I didn't know him then, and didn't know him very well. Uh, and didn't have much to do with him during that process uh, and then we cast him in united um and i just adored what he did in that piece and he brought a real humanity to it and 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 i know uh, the, the character he portrayed jimmy murphy his jimmy murphy's family were very very delighted with with david's portrayal in that film and and even though he didn't physically look like jimmy murphy he just he just brought him to life and the funny thing with david is you you, you sort of Particularly because James Strong and I have worked with him a couple of times now, we, we sort of almost have to be counterintuitive and go, uh, let's not just immediately go, oh, David would be great for this. And you sort of have to go, I'm sure there's lots of other brilliant actors too. And there are. And there's loads of people you want yeah. to work with. And then you just keep coming back to the fact that really, David is One of the best actors around. He's just fantastic. Not one of... I mean, he really is the best actor. He can do anything. And I think, you know, he's done Hamlet for the RSC. He's done Doctor Who. He's done Spies of Warsaw. He's really, really versatile. And the thing about David that's probably a bit underappreciated is he really uh, works incredibly hard at the very small details of a character. The things he's done with Hardy that took me a few weeks. The
1: United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career
0: opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earned great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. It's a notice on the rushes because it's not like we sat down and discussed it. But he he's slightly changed his metabolism and the way he walks and the way he blinks. And it's a very different character. And, and he was really up for doing something different. And he has worked so hard at the detail of that character. And it looks effortless. And I am absolutely certain he has put in such immense thought and detail and preparation into that character to make it look. Well, it's
1: it's um, like you said before. I mean, we don't know what what Hardy's background is, but neither did David when he was filming it.
0: He knew it. So he knew a little bit. He knew. He knew. I'd, we had, we'd had dinner, and I'd I'd sort of talked him through. Uh, sort of a basic biography for the character, you know, some of some of which slightly changed as we went along, some of which didn't. Um, but but he had gone away and really thought about that character, and and he likes to be challenged, David. He he doesn't mm. want to re- repeat himself, and and that's what I love about him in this is is I think he's he's really. He's really done that. It's a very, very, very different character to to the tenth doctor. Incredibly
1: believably, yeah, he, believable I, as well. Yeah, believable. I think that's
0: the thing that again he can do, which he brings such truth and humanity. Um, but he's not in any way inaccessible or esoteric. He, he, you feel like you know the character when David portrays it, and he brings such depth. And I, I, I just, I, I could talk for hours about David because I truly think he is. Such a special actor, and I feel I feel lucky to be a writer when he's an actor. To be honest, because he makes us all look good, and it's it's really exciting to get rushes um, when when he's on set. And um, mm. I have to say, there's stuff in later episodes which just. I re- I'm really excited about people seeing.
1: You're really whetting the wetting the appetite now. <laughs> That's, my That's my job. That's my job. The thing, the thing is, we get previews of these things, and I could watch up to episode five. Yes. But I'm just, in, I'm enjoying sitting around with the family and just doing the guessing. work. it's just more fun with something like this to sit with a group of people and go, "Oh, he looks a bit odd," or Pauline quirks in the caravan again. <laughs> you know, it's just. Yeah it's really fa- fascinating to watch and of course do you pay much attention obviously the ratings are fantastic you must be thrilled with them but do you pay much attention to all the online chatter and things like that or do you try and distance yourself a little bit from that
0: you you distance yourself from it uh a little bit i mean i think you you know uh, i've i've looked occasionally this time um, but it it 's always going to bite you in in the head sooner or later you know you can even if you see ninety nine brilliant responses you 'll get one crappy response and you 'll be like that 'll be the one that will stay in your head forever um, so uh i i 'm kind of aware i mean we get you know we get reports on all this kind of stuff and analysis so i'm 'm i 'm aware that uh that it 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 seems to be having a nice response at the moment and uh, and um you know certainly people have been very nice to me on twitter so far um but uh, yeah and and sometimes i'm on there and sometimes i'm not so um you you don't i think what's what strikes me as nice is it feels as a conversation and theorizing about all that and i'm i'm really uh i'm really enjoying that i think we're all completely overwhelmed by the ratings as a production you know I've spoken you know I've spoken to David I've spoken to lots of the cast lots of the production uh, none of us expected it to to hit in the way that the first couple of episodes have you know we we were really and we are really proud of it um more so than probably
1: incredibly proud I,
0: I, I'm, well more so you know I I feel for me in my career you know this and, and the film United that we, that we did about the Busby Babes are the two pieces I'm I'm absolutely most proud of And, and uh, but I think there's a difference between being proud of something and then lots of people watching it and the fact that at the moment people are watching it is is l- like the biggest bonus possible <laughs> um,
1: This sounds a bit of a daft question based on everything you've just said but it's never stopped me before <laughs> um <laughs> With with it getting things like seven million and people saying you know TV, you know with with streaming and things could be, on its way out and and daft things like that. How do, what do you think about the state of British television at the moment? Are you happy to be a part of the industry at the moment? Are we in a good oh, place?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. It's in such an exciting state at the moment. I mean, I'm really excited. I'm excited for Scott and Bailey coming back. I'm really excited about the
1: Wednesday the fourth of April. Come at on! PM, right?
0: And then I'm really excited about the Peter Moffat's new thing. I'm excited that Silks oh, coming bitch. back. I'm excited about the Doctor Who fiftieth anniversary. I'm excited about Mark Gatiss's film. I, I, honestly, I think it's a brilliant time. And I have to say, you know, I did some work. Sort of, you know, in the in the uh, for a, for a US cable channel, you know, uh, sort of two years ago, and it's the, nowhere is more exciting to make television than Britain at the moment because the eclecticism of the work we are doing, which is a bit underappreciated at home, um, uh, is is kind of extraordinary in TV drama, and and uh, I, I, I'm I think it's a really great time, and I think what's possibly what's been exciting for us about the ratings response, and as I say, I don't take anything for granted because we're at episode three and we could end up mm. in real trouble later on. Uh, but at the moment, is it feels like absolutely mainstream appointment to view television is in no way dead. And people who tell you that it is are idiots because people want something to do on Monday at nine o'clock. You know, and, well, and they Sunday night Nobody 9 o'clock.
1: watches anything live, they well, all watch true. it on their. Skype, but it's obviously not true when you're getting ratings like that. Yeah, but
0: it, Downton gets ratings like that. Call the Midwife gets nine million on a Sunday night. Sherlock gets huge ratings. It's like... Were well, you tempted you're...
1: to put a nun on a bike at any point during I'm uh, always
0: tempted to put a nun on a bike, <laughs> and I always have to resist. So, you know, <laughs> Heidi Thomas has got that market sewn up um, and uh, okay. does it brilliantly. So, you know... Um, but Can
1: I... you tell us anything about where Broadchurch is going that you'd be happy to say... <laughs> that will whet the appetite, that won't give anything away and won't spoil anything for anyone, but might just make us go, hmm. No. (laughs) Okay. It was worth a shot. Okay, it
0: was worth a shot. Now I can tell you, I think, where are we? We have episodes four and five coming up in the next two weeks. I think what you'll see is, I think you'll see us sort of um, burrow down deeper into the community. I think... You'll see us go a bit deeper into the themes and concerns of the series above and beyond the, the kind of who done it aspect, um, mm. and um, uh, and there are plenty of revelations to come, and there are plenty of cliffhangers to come, and I think you'll see some really, really great acting. I, I mean, there's there's just stuff to come that that cast are going to knock your socks off. I promise.
1: So you can't answer what somebody asked me on Twitter earlier. Really, if the scope for I don't suppose you can ask if there's scope for more really, because that would give too much away again if you answered that. But I can t- could you I, see I, it?
0: I, uh, I can tell you how it was designed and built, and it's designed and built as an eight-part story, one story right. finished, and and uh, I, I think. It was never designed as a returning franchise. It was, I think, once you once you end up with David Tennant in it and Olivia Colman, people go, "Oh, it's a new ITV returning crime drama." It's mm. not. It, it is absolutely a serial, eight parts. That's it, and and you know that's how I pitched it, and that's how we made it, and um, I, I I can't really say any more than that. Be honest, you know it's like I would say enjoy it while it's here because it might be very rare. You
1: know, oh, going to breathe into a paper bag when we've finished. <laughs> uh, you're also working on a uh, a drama about the Great Train Robbery. Am, yeah, it's
0: shooting at the moment. I mean, they're shooting as we speak. They are shooting
1: as we speak. You're just looking out the window.
0: I'm isn't? I'm downloading rushes. <laughs>
1: uh, brilliant. Okay, so I mean that must have been very different against Broadchester, right? Mm. How did that come about, and how are you feeling about that at this early stage?
0: Um, it was. It's, it came about because we uh, had finished doing United, so this is, again, with World Productions, and Simon Heath, who runs World Productions, uh, uh, who we, we made United with, um, and we were just talking about... Well, the, the thing that was very rewarding about United was... Telling a, a really British story and and British social history, and there's something that's really appealing to me about that. In that, I think we perhaps don't tell some of our big historical, contemporary historical events in drama as much as we might. There's a, there's quite a lot that are undramatized, and and I just was saying, of course, if about the Busby Babes thing, I was saying if this was America, there would have been three or four different films about the Busby Babes, you know, dramas, big films, and that, there'd never been really one drama about them. And I slightly feel the same about The Great Train Robbery. There's been a lot of documentaries, there's been one film very early on, a cinema film in, in the 60s, directed by uh, P.T. Uh But actually, uh, what's interesting about the way you go about these dramas is you research them and, and you get all the facts together, and, and in researching them in a very detailed way, you, on, on both United and the Great Train Robbery, you find a story that perhaps has not been told, and that people, people have that kind of the, the, the received story or the, the, the short headline. In their heads, um, and and the great because general-
1: it must it must feel like people already know the story in a way. Yeah, and they I mean, don't. We had Mrs. We had Mrs. Biggs as well last year with ITV, so people will think they know. Where this new drama is going, but yeah it's, it's I mean, going to tell a different side of it
0: I, I think I think Mrs. Biggs was a great piece, and I thought Sheridan Smith was amazing in it and and um, but it 's not the story that we 're telling at all, um, and I think the story of how the gang was put together, what their planning was, how the night went, how, the detail of how the night went, the detail of what happened afterwards um, there's the, there's a lot of anecdotes about the great train robbery, but we've we 've really done our research and And there is a really great story that has has perhaps not been told. And I think the other thing, the key to wanting to do uh, this story was... So it's two 90-minute films. The first film is from the point of view of the the criminals and particularly um, uh, Bruce Reynolds, who's portrayed in our film by Luke Evans, who is doing the most extraordinary work at the moment. He is a really superb actor. Um, And the second film is about... Uh, the investigation, the, the, the police investigation that uh, hunted the, the robbers down and, and got them, and I, that story is is completely untold, certainly undramatized. But but there's never been a documentary about it, particularly thoroughly. Um, there's there's a whole host of characters you've never heard of, some really remarkable characters, really remarkable story of how they caught them, funny and strange and exciting and. I think the thing about the Great Train is you think you know the story. There are so many details that took me by surprise when I was researching, and then continuing um, as we as we go through the process. It's a really, um, it's a really. I hope it will be a really interesting piece, even if you know the story. I think there are going to be things that, that take you by surprise.
1: And I mean, obviously, as an actor, when something like Church goes well, you might get your phone ring a bit more, and people have more interest in you. Does that happen as a writer, the success of Broadchurch? Will that help you move on further or, uh, you know, are things already in the pipeline or... I d- does anything change after success like that? I
0: don't know, really. Um, uh, the, well, you know, how long have we been talking? The phone has not rung for, you know, at least half an hour, so uh, it must <laughs> not be true. Um, uh, uh, I did ask you to unplug it for the purposes <laughs> of the call, though. Um, <laughs> Uh, I think there's. I, I'm really lucky in that I I sort of have things planned for the next two years anyway. So uh, there's there's things I want to do. There's things I've got planned. There's, there's scripts I owe people. Um, so it's what's been nice is for Broadchurch to go out knowing where I was going anywhere and anyway and um, the projects that I've got lined up. I'm I'm really excited about and, and they they take me a fair way fair fair way down the line. Um, so. After that, we'll see. I'd, I've I've no idea how to answer that question. You'd have to ask my agent.
1: Mm. But one of those projects is definitely not Broadchurch, The Hardy Years, or anything like that. <laughs> Wouldn't that um... what
0: Hardy? What before he comes to Broadchurch? You mean? Or... Yes,
1: <laughs> like, when he was about fifteen. and... <laughs> I, I, it, well, th- it wasn't
0: something that I was immediately planning, to be honest. But no. um...
1: well, I think on the on the good side, it's only one DVD for me to buy, so that's fine. <laughs> I can deal with that. Thank you ever so much for taking the time and answering all my questions, and I really appreciate it. I, I can't wait to see how it ends.
0: Me and, neither. Uh,
1: I, I, yeah, we'll get right in it. You need to finish it. You know, <laughs> it's all <laughs> There's done. People it's waiting. all
0: done. It's locked uh. away in a safe somewhere. It's not really locked away in a safe. I, I love sort of saying that, but it's not locked away. In a safe.
1: Are you actually worried that someone like myself? I mean, I don't have the profile yet, but someone like myself might somehow reveal the end. I mean, how much precaution have you taken to make sure that that doesn't happen?
0: We've, we've taken a fair bit, and and I think. There are... Uh, uh, it, it's quite difficult to talk about. It, the, the, there are... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I'm going to be very careful what I say.
1: It is in a safe, isn't it's it? A, it's in the safe at ITV. It's in safe, but I, I think...
0: Uh, there's a number of things I could say, but the one thing I will say is even if you work it out and even if you find out and even if it's leaked tomorrow... Um, I I think that's it's it's not it's not an Agatha Christie it's not the 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 whole thing of the piece is is not about uh the identity uh, there there's there's more to the piece than that and, and I hope I can
1: actually hear you choosing your words so carefully I know you I should I <laughs> it's like <laughs> Um, so uh, I just imagine you're sleeping with all the CD copies of it and just all the <laughs> all, all the, the main my,
0: tapes. My wife keeps coming into my office and just going, looking at the pile of DVDs and sort of going through it. And it's like it's not there. Stop looking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, uh, but but genuinely, I think there's the you know our last episodes have have more in them than just a, a, a kind of a, a swishing back of a curtain and a reveal. It's the it's about it's about the it, the stories about the community and the effect of these events on the community, and what I feel very strongly and happily about is that that continues through to the end, so it's not just a case of that's that done um
1: Well, I wouldn't want you to explode, so I'm not going to press you any more on that Oh, it's I been
0: really sure. difficult that y-
1: You need to sleep tonight, don't you, and that would just be awkward. so thank you very much. I really wish you all the best, thank for the rest of the series, and uh, just just well done for producing such a most talked-about TV of the year so far. And when we get to the end of 2013, and we do our review of the best of the year, Broadchurch is going to be up there. I'm sure. Oh, well, so, that's very kind of you fantastic. to say. And
0: I think it's it's it, but you know genuinely, the the really great thing for us is we had such a great time making it. We had a really great time. There were some really wonderful people on it. And, and then for people to like it as well is, is feeling a bit of a bonus, to be honest. So thank you very much. Broadchurch continues Mondays at 9pm on ITV or catch up now with ITV Player. Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com.